Welcome back to another episode of The Record Shepherds. Welcome back. This episode was shot in the year 2233 when humans are no longer here and we are all replaced by um, the source, the AI source. The AI source. And Tim and I no longer have to drag our sorry asses in to the studio on a Wednesday evening. It's It's all done for us. (laughs) Amen. It's probably... At that point, the word artificial intelligence will be like discriminatory, you know, yeah. it'll be an offensive word Yeah, absolutely. because the robots will have, you know, rights, rights and diversity training and all of these things. So yeah. The yeah. Ro- artificial will be outlawed. Absolutely. That's definitely the next step. Yes. But until then, we are here. In um, human form. In human form. Um, with re- only moderate intelligence. Very moderate intelligence, but we are ready to bring you another um, fabulous episode. Um, so we want to. I, I want to give a, another shout out to Brian um, from Global Citizen for for stopping by. Uh, that was really amazing of him to to lend his time to us. And yeah, it was a great episode. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Brian, for stopping by. And for anybody who did not uh, happen to catch the last episode, please tune in. And you will learn, amongst other things, how you can earn tickets for the Global Citizen Festival. Definitely. How was uh, How's your week been? Uh, this week has been good. Just trying to get back into a routine. I was out in Nashville the week before, mm. and uh, I always like going down to Nashville, Music City. Yes. So um, yeah, I was down there for a few days, and. Um, catching up with people and i was like down there at like a little bit of a a a conference type of thing so Mm. all different topics discussed and um i just like nashville as a as a place do you know it's um i'll I'll tell you a little uh interesting fact like i'm from belfast northern ireland Mm. this is essentially a belfast accent and um when i lived in london i used to go back to belfast and it always occurred to me like just what like how much more livable like sort of like uh these towns outside the big city yeah are and uh so when i'm living in new york and i go down to nashville i get these familiar feelings it kind of reminds me of belfast and the first time i spoke of this my brother was able to uh inform me that belfast and nashville are twin cities really yeah yeah so, there's a lot of uh, twin cities like in the US and places in Europe yeah um, there are and all throughout the world like mm. there's and I think Nashville's actually twinned with three cities I can't remember what the other two are but it was uh, so quadruple. It, it felt so familiar <laughs> yeah. you know just the vibe and everything like that so um, so I like I like getting down to Nashville yeah yeah I mean I'm, I moved um, a couple of days ago and that definitely puts things in perspective and makes me think what the hell am I doing in New York still Um, (laughs) from like a mental health perspective to a just, you know, just it's crowded and you know, things are expensive, but I think it'll hit a ceiling and things will come back down. But, um, I wouldn't, I don't know there, I wouldn't live in any other city right now, especially when it comes to, to music, but yeah, maybe Nashville should be on my radar. Yeah. Well, it depends. Totally different lifestyle outside in New York, but, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's good to have options. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have options. So I think this is a good time to sort of dive into what our uh, topic of the episode is. Um, and it's it's a very hot topic in, in music right now, and it's uh, manifesting itself in other entertainment industries. Um, I, you know, there's a big old writer strike going on in the United States right now with some of the late shows. And, you know, a lot of the complaints 
has been about um, AI. AI. AI, artificial intelligence. Now, AI, when it comes to music, what we're really talking about is people using, and I think the word AI is, is, is sort of overused. I think a lot of it is just machine-fed information to then spit out things. But if we can use AI um, to actually make music and mm-hmm. uh, not only make music, but monetize off of the music that's being made. Um, yeah. And yeah. that has a lot of people scared, whether you're a creator, whether you're um, a stakeholder with uh, you know our digital streaming platforms, a record label, any rights holder of any kind is talking about AI and music right now. Yeah, it just seems to be everywhere and in, you know, just the public discourse about um, you know, not just within the music industry, but you know, music is one of those things when it's it's so many people uh are involved in music or are fans of music that it's one of the things like where it's likely to show up first. Yeah. And it has it has already, but of course, it's just uh it's now it's out with music it's just everywhere you know in all sorts of like domains right now and you know you have people like elon musk calling for like basically a pens down for six months till we like sort this thing out and um get some sort of framework in place but um it's just everyone's talking about it um i mean the one of the things that it brought you know it brought to our attention uh a couple of weeks ago yeah was this Drake and Weekend collab track, which it was called Heart on My Sleeve. And, you know, you, you switch it on or you press play. For the world, you think that that is a legitimate track. It sounds exactly like Drake, exactly like The Weekend, And, you know, yeah, brilliant. And it, it was put up on the socials, I think TikTok at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can even, if you want to pause this episode, you can go on TikTok or YouTube right now and still hear the track. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uploaded by a guy whose uh, name on TikTok was Ghostwriter977. Yeah. Pretty cool guy, Ghostwriter977. Shout out to you. But um, yeah, it, it's freaky, right? Because we have this alleged collab between two of the biggest artists, arguably in the music industry yeah. and they never set foot in the studio and you know you see things go viral on socials when it comes to ai people using like voice bots or voice filters to make songs but this piqued our interest because it kind of takes it into a whole new level where from start to finish the song is completely made by an totally, ai generator totally i mean i think it's important to say for the people who have not heard it like it's a totally original composition yeah that the machine made up and spat out and you know ai is already at such a level where the 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 machine generated lyrics etc and just like the the melody and everything you can't really distinguish it from you know the previous catalog and and i I think it you know important to sort of dive in well i was about to say like unsurprisingly uh, mm. and this is like a good time to sort of dive in how they did it they just feed the the machine uh the model all the previous drake catalog all the previous yep. weekend catalog and the machine and I, I imagine it doesn't take very long at all analyzes the whole thing picks out patterns picks out like vocal tonality right 
and it, it basically just knows how um, you know everything in music is essentially made up of patterns on right. some fundamental level. Um, so it, it it can analyze all that, and then it can just essentially extrapolate that out until like, you know these are the songs of the future. Like the, the you know using the same patterns and um, you know tones and right. pitches and everything like that. This is what potentially a song of the, the weekend and and Drake sounds like. And you know it begs a question because obviously everyone has a visceral reaction when they hear that music can now be made this way. And keep in mind, we're only in the early stages, but it begs the question, what is illegal about that? What is actually wrong on paper about feeding AI music to then create allegedly new music? And as an individual, if I'm Drake or if I'm The Weeknd, what rights what protections do i have even if you're not on that big level even if you're you know a smaller artist what rights what protections do you have legally yeah. against this type of, of music making yeah well i think like uh i'll answer that question but one sort of surprising thing yeah that came up from this like this track not only appeared on like tiktok and right and socials but and whatever else you uh, youtube probably it also made its way onto the DSPs. Yeah. It also made its way onto Spotify, and you know, effectively is uh, you know eligible at some point there for like monetization. Right. So um, there's a couple of things, and you know, there was a response from uh, Universal, um, you know, who uh, obviously had an interest here, you know, to protect their artists, and you know they they intimated in their response that um you know that this was a breach of their agreements and a violation of copyright law yeah so and the, you know the, this is where it, it gets interesting and <laughs> the nerd in me can come out and right, speak, right, 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 right. speak about law copyright law but um the, the, there's two main points to touch on first of all is this breach of copyright law which i'll explore first and then secondly, uh, there's also a breach of the artist's own rights when it comes to like rights of publicity, like the name, image, likeness, which um, attaches to uh, you know recognized voices as mm. well. But under copyright law, um, there are certain um, exclusive rights afforded to the owner of the copyright. Um, there's the right to control the reproduction of the work, the right to control the making of derivative works, uh, the distribution of the work, and then things like the public performance of the work, public right. display of the work, and to publicly perform um, a sound recording by means of a, a digital audio transmission that's essentially a stream. But the rights that are related to essentially this topic would be the right to reproduce the work, the right to make derivatives, and the right to distribute that work. Yes, certainly, certainly the first two. Mm. Because if you think about um, the thing that's actually being distributed, just to sort of talk to that, is like, like it's not the original work. So like the catalog that, that was fed into the machine, like all the Drake um, recordings. Um, all the weekend recordings previously, all those tracks were fed in. And then my understanding is like, there's a, 
like all it's a technical level but there's a reproduction being made of all of those right right at, at some level and um for the model to be able to analyze that and um, sort out all the patterns, etc. On some level there, there's going to be a reproduction of the work. Now, I'm not technical enough to sort of tell you where the reproduction is made, but you know, there's usually some sort of a, um, a copy being made and stored somewhere mm. in that process. And then, so that would be the first breach, and I think that's what they're getting at there. But then, arguably... These are all the the new work that gets spat out the other side by the AI model. How is it not a derivative work? Mm. Like you know, it's it's literally you've fed in x many tracks. It's analyzed them, and the thing that come out the other side is certainly derived from those tracks that the AI model has studied. So I think there's a good argument. I mean, I, as far as I'm aware, there hasn't been. Uh, any case law to actually determine that that will be the case but I think it's surely got to be the case by definition this is how the the model works so um, that's how the record label right will will defend defend it yeah yeah yeah, because uh, those those exclusive copyrights uh, or rights under copyright afforded to copyright owners um, are infringed you know by by who this is this chap Ghost Rider, so they will they will they will make claims and you know they'll, they'll seek to enforce their rights that way. Um, and let's well, let's talk about that for a little bit before you jump onto the other okay. rights that are protected. Yeah, let's do it. Because <clears throat> I think with this Ghost Rider guy, what also sort of did him in is when he published this song, he he called it a Drake and a Weekend, you know, track. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he released a song under a different name and happened to y- use their voices, you know, under his artist name. You know, he specifically published it saying this is Drake and The Weeknd, right? He did. And also to go back to that, he had a bit of a vendetta because under a comment on one of the, uh, when he originally posted the song, he said, I was a ghostwriter for years and got paid close to nothing just for major labels to profit. The future is here, right? So he's obviously trying to make a statement by knowing that he's infringing on these rights um but is doing so to just say i don't care you haven't treated me right so i'm going to do the same to you yeah i i saw that comment and um it's hard to i'd I'd love to know i'd love to hear a little bit more about that because you know what does that even mean if he's like if he's ghostwriting because usually you know Look, as as people who are f- familiar with the music industry mm. uh, or have been listening to the back catalogue of the Record Shepherds episodes can tell you, the the music industry is is spl- split up essentially, right? And we all know there's a thriving publishing industry, and you know the two for the most part uh, live in relative harmony in that right. like record labels accept that they have to pay. Um, publishers you know mechanical royalties right. and performance royalties for um for the tracks so like so everyone's it should be no stranger that there are you know writers songwriters to be yeah. paid so i don't understand you know like if you're writing you're generally getting cuts right you know if you as long as you've like you know you know what you're doing you're well represented you, you should be I, getting paid for I, your i think that's the issue though and i think at least when i hear the term ghostwriter i'm thinking 
this guy at some point signed agreements into which he carved himself out of getting a writer's share and was essentially paid as a work for hire to create some of these songs. And, you know, he signed it and then wasn't represented well, which is when he's comparing what he could have made yeah, as a, as a yeah, stakeholder yeah, in the song versus it. like him making, I don't know, $2,500 to write a song for an artist. That's probably why he's he's frustrated. But maybe if he was listening to the record shepherds, he wouldn't be in that predicament. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe we should reach out to him. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I did. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I so but look, um but that said, you know, the fact that he released them under the you know, Drake and the Weekend, even if he'd not done that, it doesn't matter for, as far as the copyright infringement goes. You know, right. there's kind of like strict liability for that. You've either like copied something or, or you haven't, you know. Yeah, but you know, that I wanna ask the question then, as we're covering the copyright protection of this. Mm-hmm. Just to play devil's advocate, what is the difference between me feeding uh, original works to an AI machine to then create a, a completely new song, a song that's not in existence, mm. and me as like a musician listening and being inspired by Drake and The Weeknd and then creating a song that's in the same vein of that genre? Okay, great question. Great <laughs> question, <Tim. laughs> uh, But... Uh, yeah, I'm getting real nerdy here. I'm getting excited about law again. <laughs> That's lovely. But no, um, the first, well, here's like the sort of lawyer's answer, if you like. Um, th- the first one, as I said, in terms of like feeding the AI model tracks and having it use those tracks to spit something out, as we just discussed, those are direct infringements of the six rights afforded to you as a copyright owner you know the the right of uh, an exclusive right of reproduction and exclusive right to make derivative works from your copyrighted work so under copyright law those are both breaches but there is no exclusive right of you know um or there's it's it's not an offense or an infringement of copyright law to be inspired mm. you know which is the 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 second situation you talked of and there is of course like you have to um you know demonstrate there's a qualitative qualitative and quantitative aspect of copying so you can um you can copy a you know let's say there's a very key point of a famous song like a famous even a very famous note or screech or something like that mm-hmm. um and there are examples of that i can't even think off the top of my head but like very famous uh things that you would almost r- instantly recognize you know if you heard it um and like a, like the you know the james brown like like yeah, yeah, the yeah. wow right that you you would instantly notice that and that's enough to attract copyright protection mm. at times. So, um, so the point I'm saying is that, like, yes, being inspired is one thing. You can't then go and actually directly copy, you know. And um, there is a, there is a defense of like f- of fair use, right? Which sort of like is, um, you know, it's all different types of aspects involved. In that like, how small is it? You know, how uh, qualitatively meaningful to the original work is it etc but the point is that uh, yes there's a, a line that has to be towed there but there's no 
there is no sort of infringement um, offence of, of just being inspired until the Blurred Lines case came along. I was, right? about, I was about to say that. I think AI is a great moneymaker for the Marvin Gaye estate. I think <laughs> if we're yeah. going to pick winners, it's definitely going to be them. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that case was... Um, all I would say to that is <laughs> there was a lot of industry attorneys um, and uh, intellectual property attorneys and entertainment attorneys who uh, did not necessarily agree with the outcome of yeah. that case. And they effectively said that for the first time in copyright law, it's possible to own a genre. Right. You know, to copyright a genre. Yeah. Um, which is, of course, you know, copyright is designed to give like people the the creators like uh, protection and you know encourage creativity you know like and because uh, if you um why would you put your effort into something if you know someone could just rip it off the next day and and you know like get a free ride but that has to be balanced right. with um actually allowing creativity and you know and, and allowing people to be inspired and the sort of art to, you know that's the way all sorts of arts work so you know, a lot of people thought that that was like essentially not a great uh, result for songwriters and producers. Yeah, and I think um, not to like mince words, but it even I'm even wondering if, as a society or an industry, we're using the term AI a bit too early because, to me, intelligence implies that you have the ability to be inspired rather than me plugging data into a machine and then telling it to produce something else right to me the, uh, you know is that really ai and are we going to be at a point in the future where there is true ai to where you you know you have a human robot walking around listening to music and being able to you know make new original songs off of yeah. being inspired and yeah. i think that however far down the line that is will be you know a real it'll give you a run for your money as a lawyer Oh my goodness! I mean that—that's what people are scared about. They call—I think they would call that like AGI, which is the like artificial, like general intelligence. Mm. You know, when it's like, um, that's like next level. But I mean, at this stage, artificial intelligence. I mean, I guess it's—I think it's still a good enough title oh, yeah. for now in yeah. terms of like you know just being able to like so quickly analyze all that data and understand it and then extrapolate it into something what might be you know god that's pretty damn intelligent i'm not sure yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but um, i can't do that <laughs> i can't i was just thinking yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. But, but that's the whole point that yeah, these yeah. these machines are just going to be able to do it so much faster and so much right. more easily than uh than our sort of dumb human minds so yeah so the copyright thing that is one sort of protection that stakeholders of a you know a particular copyright have to protect against this AI takeover, as individuals, you know, for Drake and The Weeknd, do they have protections against this? Yes, they do, they do. And um, here in the United States, there are such thing as uh, publicity rights, or also known as personality rights. Mm. And they're basically legal rights, usually, um, or in fact, exclusively at the state law level. And... It essentially gives individuals legal rights over the commercial use of their name, likeness, image, voice, and any other kind of like I- 
identifiable aspect of their persona. Um, and yeah, it's essentially just to give them the, the right and the, the ability, the exclusive ability to profit from their, you know, persona. Is that exclusive to celebrities or that's a right everyone has? Uh, no, it's a right. It's not, not exclusive to celebrities. It's um, a right everyone has. And like, um, you know, if you put a, if someone put your, your image on a t-shirt or whatever and started selling it, like right. you're ultimately in that case, a model of itself, you know? So, um, mm. yeah, you could protect your, yourself that way. Not every state has it. And actually, not every country has it outside uh, the states. A lot of people rely on different laws, including like the laws of privacy, um, to sort of protect those types of things. But uh, certainly, in the main states that do business in the music industry—California, um, New York, uh, where else? Uh, Tennessee. We're just talking mm. about Nashville. You know, all the main ones. In fact, in fact. Nashville have pretty strong uh, publicity rights in favor of uh, artists, whatever, because of none other than the king, Elvis Presley. Wow. Yeah, he was obviously uh, domiciled there, and, and that's one of the reasons they, you know, his image is widely used. So uh, they have re relatively strong um, protections there. So, yeah, like the. Um, the weekend and Drake, like, like I mean, it was their voice. It wasn't. It wasn't even like someone trying to like impersonate their voice. It right, literally right. was their voice, but just you know, like played back by a machine and sort of essentially different orders. You know, yeah. yeah. It's a really scary song because not that it's particularly that good, but the fact that this is what we can do in twenty twenty three. It's you know, it's pretty. It's like okay, this is something we have to deal with soon. Um, there is yeah, like I would say. There, I mean, it is. It's it's coming. It's already here. Like, right. uh, and in fact, you know, like we were we were just joking about earlier, and we were like, "Shall we use uh, Chat GPT to <laughs> help us with some of the research for this yeah, episode?" Yeah. Which we definitely did. Or we definitely did, and it like you know, it it's amazing. Like for those of you, I'm sure a lot most people have dabbled with Chat GPT by now, but like, it's already changing things you know once the once the technology is out of the um you know the genie's lamp or whatever there's no putting it back in so it is it is like uh, there's a lot of stuff to be considered and there's a lot of stuff like quite rightly to be concerned about or or at least give thought to but there's also on the other side like there's an amazing possibility of opportunities you know for 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 the good, yeah. you know, and I I include using ChatGPT to come up with our episode plans. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah, as a, a force for good. Um, yeah, we, you know, we could talk about like the future of AI and stuff. Um, because I do think there are probably some good applications to this, and it's not all doom and gloom as as a lot of people want to say. Um, but before that, maybe we can go back and talk about Universal's response to the whole Drake weekend track and yeah it's, it's a pretty ironic response um, yeah yeah but, i've got it here do, yeah, yeah. do you want to do you want me to read it or are you gonna go for it um i'll read i'll read the first part and then you, you know, all right you can okay read. so it was uh, you know they took the song off of the dsps and a spokesperson from universal um had to say umg success has been in part due to embracing new technology 
<clears throat> excuse me, and putting it to work for our artists, as we have been doing with our own innovation around AI for some time already. Which this is interesting because they've even admitted to saying, hey, we're actually using AI, which we can talk about because that has a lot of implications for the future. And then the same spokesperson goes on to say, uh, with that said, however, the training of generative AI using our artist's music, which represents both a breach of our agreements and a violation of our copyright law, of copyright law, as well as the availability of infringing content created with generative AI on DSPs, begs the question as to which side of history all stakeholders in the music ecosystem want to be on. The side of artists, fans, and human creative expression or on the side of deep fakes, fraud, and denying artists their due compensation. Universal Music wants to know if you want to be on the side of the artist or the side of the people denying artists their due compensation. <laughs> the biggest record label music company in the world is making the argument that they are on the right side of history. Which I find pretty ironic, and it's. it's I yeah. mean, there there is there is a little bit of irony there. I'm not I'm not here to, to bash anyone, including no, 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 Universal, no. but um, but no, that is slightly funny. But uh, but it, you the point they're making is a very poignant one, right? You know, and uh, and we can you know we can get into. You know, because we were having a little bit of a a conversation mm. right before the episode about like you know where where we stand on this, and as yeah. I say, you know the whole point of like copyright law or you know you got to strike a balance right, right. between uh, rewarding people for their uh, the fruits with the fruits of their labor and giving them a fair opportunity at that, and not stifling creativity and innovation. Right. Right. So my point on this was there was actually a there was an app wasn't there this week that um Spotify essentially blocked and started taking down their catalog yeah boomy boomy right boomy yeah which is an AI uh you know music generating app that's had something like four, over 14 million different tracks um, and I don't know how many of those were uploaded, on Spotify or right. uploaded to Spotify, but you know, basically, given that there's one hundred thousand tracks a day going on to Spotify, then uh, it wouldn't be that hard for them to get the entire catalog up there. So, but anyway, um, yeah, AI generated tracks, and Spotify actually blocked it because, in the end, they said there was. Um, uh, like a suspicious streaming activity. like Which I think is important for us to note if we're going to be fair about the conversation and kind of leading into the discussion that we had is, you know, with these AI tracks that they took down, they didn't take them down because they were AI tracks. And I want to no. make it clear, there's a distinction between making an AI-generated track based off of feeding it already existing music to imitate voices and making AI tracks that are completely original, right? Yeah, yeah, and definitely. The, the reason they took them down was because of the fraudulent streaming activity, streaming farms, streaming bots that, you know, boosted the streams to make it appear like it had billions of streams in, in a couple of days, right? Yeah, so so either either it made the music press because 
anything AI makes a music press right now. Right. Okay. And and it wasn't a story at all. It was just that like yeah, like you know, Spotify do have uh, like fraud prevention teams basically monitoring for uh, suspicious streaming activity basically like not legit streaming activity right um because that obviously hurts the rest of the rights holders let's say the legitimate rights holders and legitimate uh, artists as every stream essentially takes a part of the revenue the you know the the, the revenue pie right, for, right. for that month um so it basically did not if, if if it's going to a bunch of sort of like streaming farms or whatever that are just cranking it it's not fair on everyone else so it's either that or there is some sort of an aspect where Spotify are really trying to get a grip on AI and wondering what the hell's going on and there is pressure being put on them now like even publicly by the likes of Universal to do more to stop um, you know like AI and again you know they're coming out which side of history do you want to be on Yeah, this is the side of like basically the legitimate creators and human creative expression or deep fakes and machines so yeah i don't know but anyway they they they, they did um they did take this off and it just got me thinking about like yeah like the, i i feel it is a threat to the streaming ecosystem simply because of the you know, what i just just to reiterate what i said there there is only a finite amount of income in the pie, you know, from uh, subscriptions and then from advertising money or whatever. And we already know there's like 100,000 tracks a day being uploaded to Spotify. So if you're a legitimate artist, and don't forget, one of the ambitions of Spotify or one of their like goals is to support, uh, support um, and be able to have like I think it's a million right, artists like actually be able to sustain a living from stream their streaming service. The, the more artificially, if if you you know, I don't know how many artificial tracks let's call them, mm-hmm. you know, like artificial AI generated tracks could be made in a day, but it's a hell of a lot more than a human being, like a, like a true human being artist is ever going to be able to, you know, manufacture. And if you're just someone clicking a button, going like another one, another one, another one, another one, and uploading those, that's essentially going to, I mean, that's fatal to the, 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 the ecosystem of supporting artists. I think for me, my perspective is that I don't necessarily disagree with you when it comes to like the amount of tracks being uploaded to the streaming services and how that could be detrimental for for market share overall. I come from the perspective that I believe the listeners should be the ones to decide the fates of these AI tracks and that you know maybe on on the streaming services you could maybe there's a marker and indication that says this is an AI generated track. But in large, we have to go back and really identify when you say words like real artists. Well, if I'm a producer and engineer and I have dedicated my life to music and I just happen to have this AI tool and I want to create music on it, to me, I don't really see a diminished artistry in that. If people like the music and people stream the music and you created the bot that made the music, then you deserve to make money off of that work. What scares me more when it comes to AI, talking about good uses and bad uses, is AI in the hands of these major companies. 
in this response from Universal, they already admitted to using AI. So I'm thinking, what's preventing them from using AI to exploit more the artists that they have signed to them? If you're an artist and you know maybe you don't deliver your tracks in a timely manner because you're going through something personally, I as a label executive can be like, screw it, I actually don't need you. I'm going to use this AI and make your songs anyway and release it under your name and your likeness and it's just going to appear in your Spotify page as your second body of work, right? To me, that seems scary. But I think, I think, look, like especially with the the Drake and the Weekend thing, I think a lot of that is gimmicks. Which, which is you could probably, it's the same reason why people go to the Wax Museum. They want to see how real it looks. And I think there's probably going to be a bit of an oversaturation of that in the short term. But in the long term, I treat AI as potentially just the next drum machine or the next. Pro Tools. It's going to be a tool that artists can use to actually enhance their music rather yeah. than it being like a doomsday, end-of-the-world thing for music. I, I do think there are good use cases for using it as a tool, but I totally disagree mm. with your take on, like, you know, a producer. It, like, it's not, it's not, you know, like, as a, uh, like a you know, like a plug-in to, like, yeah. help enhance things and add a bit of reverb. Like, what we're talking about here is something that you hit a button and it will just totally generate the thing. Like, there is no original input. You know, like, it, it won't be it won't be a talented producer who's been, you know, grafting away and all of a sudden AI comes and he sort of uses it to help sort of bring it to the next level. It could be anybody with no musical talent whatsoever and you know you just build this machine you, you get it to listen to all of the music that's out there in whatever genre and then you literally have the machine originate the idea that it's it's it, there's no so you know that's where i feel like i don't want music to go to that level and i don't i don't even want listeners I, like to me that's like almost like an armageddon situation where like you like oh let's let let's let Joe Public decide. Here's something I learned mm. early from working in the music industry, and this is like kind of a little bit controversial or whatever. Most people don't care about music, <laughs> right? That's a fact. Like most people, like you think you think you do, and if you're listening to music podcast and music is a big part of your life, you assume that that's like that for everyone. It's really not. Like right. most people like think that music is this thing that it's should be commodity. free yeah yeah it should be free they turn on the radio it's there they don't really you know they just want it to be there when they need it and then to be able to turn it off etc and they're not really care so like in terms of like let's let the people decide that i have no doubt that soon ai will be able to generate music that is just as good if not better than a lot of humans can can uh spit out and again it's not like there's been like someone who's cleverly like fed in bits of pieces and you know like used a couple of AI tools to enhance it. It's literally just been created out of thin air almost, or just you know based on what that computer has heard of other music. And you know, I I I want to be on the right side of history. You know, I want human expression to be there. Now, do I think there are great use cases for AI? and you know it to be used as a tool in the way that you say i absolutely yeah absolutely i do and i can think of like one um which you know here here's an interesting one i know we talked about this uh previously 
So imagine you're an artist and you're on your like sixth or seventh studio album. Yeah. And um, you're going into the studio, maybe you're a little bit like about, you know, where where am I going to take this? What direction or whatever? Or just even a little bit of like writer's block or whatever. And you go into the studio on the first day and they've fed your back catalogue into the machine and asked it to spit out 12 30 second demos and it's because it's like your material it's your voice it's it sounds like you it feels like you and except it's just like 12 new compositions that you've never heard before but it's you singing back them in almost finished form i think the temptation to go like oh my god like number five six and eleven we're banging like let's let's work on those let's develop those into demos i think once that technology exists the temptation to go there will be overwhelming for a lot of people i i hear your point and i understand that there's a difference between the AI that we're talking about and what we have now in the music industry to create music. But I will argue there is a high level of automation that occurs in the music industry right now. If I wanted to on Pro Tools, on Logic, Reason, any of these programs, I can find a drum loop and simply put it in to the, totally. to the little dashboard, yeah. not, not spend more than 10 seconds plugging in that drum loop. I can go in and I can find guitar yeah. chord progressions and plug it in and I can publish that. Granted, it's probably not going to sound that good to your point where, you know, maybe in the future AI will probably sound better than it does now. And maybe the deterrent is to mark that music as AI in the DSPs as a deterrent for people to maybe want to listen to to quote unquote real music. What mm. I'm saying is I, I'm less scared about the fate of the music industry because at the end of the day, if most people don't decide that music is a high commodity for them, what that means is that the industry has to adjust. And I'm more willing to do that than, let's say, give AI to strictly the music companies who I could totally see releasing posthumous records mm -hmm. of an artist because, guess what, they own your rights forever. And maybe their families aren't actually, or their estate aren't actually gaining any money off of those posthumous records, but because you own their likeness forever, you as a label can release a Michael Jackson record every single year forever because mm -hmm. you, you have his voice, you have his catalog, and you can, you can make money forever. To me, that's more scary of an AI application than you know some guy posting hip-hop records on SoundCloud. That, well, that, that's definitely, that's definitely a, a, a scary thought and... I, but I tell you what's even more scary than that <laughs> is it's not the music companies. Yeah. It's just any other company that's talking. You know, to mm. me, I actually think that the the music industry and these companies are sort of more naturally aligned to preserving the, you know, the artistic expression because they've, they've built, you know, they've got the history, they've got the knowledge, they know how to do it yeah. with humans and, uh, you know, and, and find these people you know develop them yeah um you know that a lot of that there's a lot of infrastructure and know-how in and around that but somebody that could just set up a company tomorrow and start doing it out of their bedroom with a bot and you know and then basically form a company to do it with strictly artificial yeah. uh, you know artificial we'll call it artificial music 
but you know AI generated music that to me is uh, possibly even more scary I don't know but let's take it back to our catalog episode where you even said only recently has music catalog been positioned in a way as for long-term investment and for people to actually you know make money off of it generationally mm-hmm. um, as like a bond or a stock if I'm buying into that, wouldn't I want something more concrete that I know people are going to listen to? To me, that's that's scary, right? Because then would I invest in the AI music company or the, the company where you have to deal with people, you got to deal with egos, artists not delivering music on time? Um, <laughs> it's scary. Oh, it's, it's, uh, the, the things are going to change. It's I mean, scary. it's a minefield. It's just like yeah, to yeah, see. Yeah. Like we could think about a hundred. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, I tell you one use case where I do think immediately, like it'll be a benefit to um, music companies or, or independent artists mm. as well. Like soon, and in fact, already this technology exists. Like a lot of the time, you'd be like, right, okay. We're in the middle of this campaign. We've got to, got to get the campaign started or, you know, the artist comes to you, you sign it and the record's ready to go. And it's like, okay, uh, right, we need a press, like a photo shoot. We need like like press mm. shots. And there's a bit of time to get that set up. You've got to go to the location, etc. You've got to do that. Like I, I've already seen technology where you literally just type in you know the artist and um what you want like what the scene should be yeah and let's say like we need like moody shots at dusk on a beach and it just like spits out these amazing photographs i i think even you were and you know we don't have to say the artist's name but you were had been working with a pretty famous legacy band and they released a music video that was like completely i don't know if it was ai generated but it was generated by like by like a robot or something and it was like really trippy visuals okay we could talk about it after but i remember that being mm-hmm. a thing a couple of years ago and yeah so yeah. all that to say is that people had have been releasing like yeah yeah AI the, generated the, music the videos kendrick and, lamar video was very famous as well yeah, whereas yeah. yeah his face is like morphing and do all right. different types of people um but on a day-to-day level you know things like that like like that photo shoots photo or, shoots like yeah. that can just be that'll literally be a chat gpt thing spit right. it out and say right these are what do you think of these or send them the artist for approval yeah there's a great use these you know like yeah and then the one thing i would say to all of this is that like in a world that becomes saturated with one thing all of a sudden the opposite becomes like the sought after thing Mm. and the valued thing it's like you look at instagram and there was a while there where influencers whatever were like posting heavily heavily uh color like filtered Mm. shots right and that became the kind of the trend and it did look very cool like when it first came on the scene and then it wasn't didn't take very long for that to quickly pass and everyone now looks at those as been very outdated because they look so unauthentic right so i think um in a world of like you know of ai and sort of like fakes you know hesitate to say the word fakes but you know what i mean like uh, then you know authenticity and you know there will be artists who like on as you know, point of principle, just never go near it. Right. You know, like they, they, they have like an absolute, you know, from a, a point of principle. Yeah. Like you know, so this is this is like 
this is not art this is just tech basically um but you know i i don't want to say just to your point but using like you know various plugins and like drum loops and stuff like i'm all for that i'm not Mm. against that at all because there's an element of creativity there 100%. you know you have to like decide upon that make a decision hey, it's that not the same good. thing as like plugging in yeah of just yeah, sort yeah, of like yeah. hit and play on something and see yeah. what comes out and you've no right. idea what it's gonna spit out yeah. you know um, it's yeah i think it's interesting it's an it's the next probably the next big question for the music industry after they figure out what they want to do with tiktok <laughs> finally <but laughs> yeah it's not um, gonna stay or go but yeah. uh sure there's a tiktok ai um plug-in coming soon to help uh with like to lower the ba- lower the entry barrier uh of people getting into music yeah yeah yeah. i don't know what i think about that so that's probably you know again something that i would like th- like no i want the i want the entry to barrier to, to be, be like high, yeah. reassuringly high i think yeah it's but it's you know it's almost akin to like Apple putting GarageBand on every, like in every product, like on phones and on computers, because the barrier to entry to record music used to be you had to like go into a studio, right? And now people can just record music on their phone. So good point. There's a limit. Good point. I, I think when it comes to, it's it's hard because I, as a musician, I 100% agree with you, right? Like you should study your craft, you should hone it, and as a fan, you want to know that the person that you're listening to has worked on their thing. But it's like, yeah. are you really, at the end of the day, going to be able to prevent the 12-year-old from posting a TikTok with some music in it and like you can make no. your, your custom electric guitar sound or whatever it is or automate your voice to where you sound like you know Miley Cyrus? Or I think, yeah. it's, it's, I think rather than preventing it, I think we just got to figure out how to adjust and that's something the music yes. industry has historically been bad at doing. Totally. I'll tell you one thing as much as I'm sitting here like, yeah. you know, poo-pooing. I, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not totally poo-pooing it because um I've already said that I think there's going to be amazing use cases Definitely. of it. And by the way, the the example I gave earlier of, you know, the artist coming in and hearing 12 demos and liking, f- you know, 5, 6 and 11 and then work you know, being essentially inspired by you know like hearing their own sound etc i think that's i think it's amazing like i i i said like i think the temptation to like once they know that that's there i think the temptation will almost be overwhelming not to have a little listen and be inspired and build it out and i'm not against that per se i'm not taking a, a stance one way or the other but what i will say is the day there's a fully immersive AI concert that you can go to and it's the whole light show and the music has been generated live on the spot and everybody's there in this like I'll be I'll be biting your hand off for a ticket for that that'd be amazing actually it's funny because and this is one thing I think I definitely wanted to talk about I don't I think that there will be a place for that but I don't think one thing I'm not scared of AI doing is overtaking the live music industry. And I think you even see it now as the commodity of recorded music decreases, people crave the live experience, which has caused live music to almost be like a, you know, a luxury thing. It's like buying a first class plane ticket. Just mm-hmm. look at how 
ticket prices have skyrocketed in the last few years and that's due to a lot of things like third-party ticketing and the fact that there's a monopoly on live music because the venue the ticket the the promoter and the, the ticket company is all owned by one company so that's that but yeah i think that the more that recorded music is devalued the more that live music will become like a higher thing that people yeah, buy, buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. but i do think yeah there and there will probably be ai components to it maybe you have ai dancers in the background or you know that you use it to enhance your experience yeah but i don't i'm not scared of that replacing the live music experience totally yeah but then come back to uh tune in this time next year when there's like <laughs> fully automated bots that yeah, you can't yeah. really tell the difference between but i wanted to ask you based <laughs> off of what you said about the temptation being too strong Let's, I want to, what about your job? If there was an AI bot that you could use to write all your contracts and have all the conversations with the lawyers, the, you know, the artist lawyers that you speak to on a daily basis, would the temptation be high for you to just press the button and you just chill out? 100% man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was trying to make the argument. You'd be like, no, I want to do my job, but okay. no, 100% I'll be pressing that button. Like there's elements to the job. No, look, but there's, <laughs> um, there's more to it than that. Like in yeah. terms of like actually drafting and stuff like that, I have no doubt that a machine will soon be able to do that. But in terms of like judgment calls mm. and wisdom, like i don't think ai is there yet and like ultimately you know like like humans are not going to go away they're just the jobs are going to change mm. and things like that but i mean what is it someone said um i like the expression like uh knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad <laughs> And it's like there's something there's something in there about like you know like these these machines like um, will become very clever and be able to do lots of things etc. But ultimately there's judgment calls you yeah. just get like an innate sense of just having experienced certain situations and just knowing dynamics you're we're dealing with dynamics people yeah. you know it's again it's like everything's like a, most businesses uh the music industry included it's a relationships business and it's a people business so there's lots of elements like that and and again just judgment calls etc um yeah that's not going to go away but um one thing that i do think like is, is going to be interesting is like the I'm not saying that this will be... I'm sure there will be government uh, mm. sort of like frameworks soon and there are a lot of intelligent people, um, as I say, Elon Musk calling for, you know, some sort of a framework, you know, because right now there is nothing. It's just like we're going full steam ahead and, um, you know, with ro no roadmap whatsoever. So there's that, but within... That's a wider concern, but like the, within the music industry, I do think there needs to be some sort of focus group or something like a an ethics and morals committee actually thinking about these things. And you know, like you know, like should we should we allow AI generated music on DSPs? Um, is you know should it be to your point? Um, or to what we were talking about earlier, if if a, if a machine can bang out several hundred if not thousands of these a day you know but you don't want to totally um you know quell any progression or like the types of creativity that you were talking about should there be a limit 
on how much you can like upload you know i don't know but like there's lots of things to be looked at and you know to what extent is it progress and to what extent is it like genuinely killing uh arts and de- uh, depriving human <laughs> i can't believe i'm saying human <laughs> but like artists like real people of a career right yeah you yep. know i think i think there's yeah. there needs to be something set up to look at that and um you know i don't want to be on it i'll tell you that much it's just like absolute mind you pickles your head even thinking about it yeah i mean it could be the solution could like be just creating the demand for it but in a, a very segregated way where stakeholders in the music industry actually create like an ai streaming service so if you if there is a market for it and you want to get your ai music you 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 know download ai stream version of spotify rather than like the actual spotify i don't know that could be a yeah i mean the trouble is it's we're all competing all these we're all competing for attention there's only 24 hours in the day and and humans at this point are generally asleep between six and eight of them Mm. so um you know like for every new app or every new stream that's your song that's generated you know it's 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 time that is potentially you it's a distraction right. essentially from you know and like and you, you need the real i call it the real music now you know listen to me i sound like yeah. such an old man but uh you know you know what i'm saying it's like ultimately if you have another service like that for the ai you're just you're it's just time and when people are not listening uh hmm. to the other one and I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's not, not entirely a bad idea. But someone needs to kick the tires. Someone needs to kick the tires. And um, I think if you take nothing else away from this episode, just know with AI, no matter what happens, the Marvin Gaye estate will find a way to sue. <laughs> um, actually, yeah. They're very protective. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ed Sheeran's in court with them right now. But that could we could actually cover that on another episode. Um, that's so funny. Maybe we will. Yeah, maybe we will. Um, yeah, I think we covered that pretty extensively. At, you know, that it feels good um, just to see like what the future of AI is with music and how we use it for the good and how we combat some of the bad things. So, yeah, yeah, but it's uh, you know there's a lot of alarmist things. I mean, you yeah. know, rightly so. But as I say, I think there's going to be a whole load of positive comes out from it. So you yeah. know, it's not it's not uh, let's not get too. Worried. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. Well, um, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Record Shepherds. Please like, follow, and subscribe to our social media platforms. We're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, And you can also stream the Record Shepherds episodes wherever podcasts are streamed. If you have any questions, if you want to interact with us in any way, you can also email us at therecordshepherds at gmail.com. If you are um, an artist visiting in the New York area or you're a part of the music industry and you feel like you have something important to say, hit us up. Maybe you'll find yourselves on the the Record Shepherds couch in the the near future. Yes, you will be very welcome. Uh, So it leaves it for me to say until the next exciting episode. Continue to follow the guidance of the shepherds. Don't be the sheep. Be Be the the goat. goat.